Good morning, everyone. This is Nube sharing space with you at KPOO San Francisco 89.5 and on the web at kpoo.com. This is Prison Focus Radio, and I'm really happy to join with you this morning. I wanted to give you a quick update on the California Department of Corrections Small R Rehabilitations stats on the active cases inside our prisons. Uh, just as a caveat, I am going to say these are their numbers, but since um, I'm not really trusting uh, CDCR um, and their care for our loved ones that are locked in cages, um, but uh, these are some numbers, so let's just take them um, as probably these numbers are higher, but um, here we go. There are at currently 639 incarcerated people with active cases statewide. There are 84 active cases of employees, CDC small r um, employees. Now, at each of these institutions, there are active cases and they are rising. At the uh, California Institute for Men, there are 446 cases of COVID-19. Imagine how that is, must be feeling to them and their family. Um, California Institute for Women, CIW, there are 103, and we know that the numbers are rising in that women's prison. Uh, Calif- uh, the California State Prison in Lancaster, 53 cases. Chuckawalla Valley, CVSP, 28 cases. California Men's Colony, CMC, there are 10 cases. And in Sentinella, there are two cases. There have been six confirmed deaths at California Institute for Men. There have been nine releases of people with active with an active case of COVID-19 from California Institute for Men. That's nine. At California State uh, Prison Lancaster, there's one. So 10 people have been released while active with COVID-19. I wonder what that means, um, considering that um, there are so many elders that are um, at risk of contracting um, and COVID-19. And we wonder, um, you know, what we know that CDC small r is doing very little for that. Okay, there are also resolved cases. Of course, that means that people have... um, gotten it, they've gone through their symptoms, and then they have gotten better. At uh, California Institute for Men, that's 130. That's 130 people that um, they left at risk um, for possibly dying inside. Um, At Lancaster, 73 cases resolved. CIW, again, that's the California Institute for Women, one. Uh, California Men's Colony, one resolved case there. North Kern State Prison, one. And SADF, that substance abuse treatment facility, one resolved case there. So, um, again, this is really an opportunity. Uh, the reason, well, I want to bring this this to you as often as I can. Um, th- those folks inside are, for the most part, really having to rely on a system that does not care about them. And so they are finding ways to care for themselves. You're going to hear one of the voices of a friend of mine that is inside um, about that very thing later on in the show. But this also reflects the, the, the need for us to uplift each other's humanity and take care of each other on both sides of the wall. 
Um, they're doing the, our our folks inside are are doing that for themselves. They're doing their best to take care of themselves and each other, um, and we need to do that uh, ourselves. We have. Um, a mutant in charge um, and his cronies who are um, suggesting taking um, um, remedies that have been unproven and are actually harmful and could cause death. So we really cannot be looking towards anything other than each other. Shared humanity, Ubuntu. Let's care for each other, let's love each other, and, and let's listen and trust each other because really that's how we're going to get through through this. This is about our human rights um, during this pandemic and what's happening in our prisons is a human rights crisis and what's happening out here is also um, a fight for our humanity. All right, here we go. We're going to get started with the show. Glad to have you here. And again, uh, please connect with me at nubeatprisons.org. Um, to just give me any comments and please visit the California Prison Focus website at www.prisons.org. Please check out our calendar, our action page, our blog page. There's a lot going on there. And um, yeah, we'd really love you to get there. Also, please write to us, folks that you can hear, um, our, our friends and family on the inside. Please write to us at California Prison Focus 4408 Market Street, Suite A, Oakland, California, 94608. We want to hear from you and please encourage um, your comrades inside and your family and loved ones out here to. Uh, prescribe, uh, sorry, subscribe to the newspaper. You can go um, to, again, California Prison Focus's website at www.prisons.org and subscribe there. And also, for all of you listening, please make donations where you can. Um, we need these platforms to continue for uh, those uh, folks and those voices that are unheard, because believe me, there is a lot to say. Again, welcome to Prison Focus Radio, and we're going to get started. Okay, let's jump right in with my most recent call from Imulimo telling us what's happening at Corcoran State Prison. Okay, Imulimo, go ahead. Okay, how you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm concerned about what you're what you're telling me. So, and I know that people want to hear because um, that's how we that's how that's how we can help each other is by getting the information going uh, flowing back and forth. Right, right, right. So yeah, um, like I was saying, what they did was they just came came with an emergency count at about nine, locked everybody up, and uh, of course nobody escaped or nothing. So. What they did was tell us today, we're going to start transferring people. And from what we hear, it's supposed to be the level fours that they brought over here because they were only coming over here to get transferred anyway because of turning the old yard into a level two, not designated. But there is people who came over here who were level three and who were pending transfer as well. So we don't know if they're going to fall off into that. And like I was saying, it's kind of got people... Uh, not really too sure about what's going on because so far nobody here has been, you know, um, diagnosed with the virus and everybody's pretty much healthy. We don't know if anybody in these other prisons that we'll be getting transferred to have the virus, but 
what we do know is that from what the COs are telling us is that if we do get transferred anywhere, we'll be quarantined for about 14 days, just, I guess, to be on the safe side. I'm not too sure. So, it's so what does that look like? Ready. What does that look like for you to go from uh, where you are now and then be quarantined for two weeks? What does that mean exactly? Uh, well, it just means you'll be in a cell and you won't be able to program uh, of course, you won't be able to go to your other day room, won't be using the phone, won't have your property. So, you know, it just feels like you'll be, you know, in a cell with nothing <laughs> for a couple of weeks until they clear you or until they probably give you a test to see if you're negative or something. Who knows, you know? It'd be the right, first but... because... I... Go ahead. No, sorry. Keep going. I just, this is a real disruption. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. It's just a disruption because, like I said, they don't. We don't actually know what's going to happen. We're only going by what CEOs are telling us is going to happen. So, you know, that's got a few people unnerved and not really. You know, it's got people unsure what to expect. But you can only just wait until it happens and then just ride it out. You know, the main thing is not to panic, of course, and then inform your loved ones. You know, uh, of what's going on, so they'll be aware but also let them know not to panic either. But of course, there are people that don't have necess don't necessarily have loved ones, right, that they can communicate with, right. so this is, can be very isolating for them and unnerving. What about when you're talking about the cell that you're in? Is this a, is this a, a solitary confinement kind of cell? I mean... Uh, it'd be just a regular cell, I'm sure. Uh, you won't have a celly, so it'd just probably be a regular... A mainline cell that's just empty that they probably clean for you, or you might have to go clean yourself. Which a lot of times when you go to new cells that's empty, you clean it yourself. So it'll uh, most likely just be a cell like that. But I'm sh I'm assuming that people there have masks and stuff like that, and whatever the program is, you'll be notified. This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. And if it's a non-designated, I'm pretty sure if you tell somebody you came from, from GP or if you came from S&Y, whoever you are, somebody will let you know how things are, you know, so that you don't worry too much about the outcome. And then if you're used to doing the time, you'll be able to navigate through, you know, not, not too much worry. Okay. Um, yes, I mean, un unfortunately, you are a... Uh you a seasoned veteran, if we want to call it that, um, because you've been inside. And thankfully, uh, I mean, it's in some respects, at least before you get transferred, I know you'll be able to pass on some of this, um, you know, this wisdom and strength to the to the guys in there with you. But of course, there are going to be plenty that aren't, and it's going to be um, a much more stressful experience for for them. If, do you feel like, for the most part, I mean, I don't want to give any real credence to CDC smaller because um, they tend to tell the public things that are different than what's going on inside. Do you, um, do you feel like you're going to have uh, the things that you need to stay as safe as possible? Or uh, when, as you're, go as you're preparing for this transfer and through the transfer, uh, but are you really kind of left to your own devices? Uh, I, think, I think that um, protection, as far as like protecting your, ourselves from this virus, we'll be able to do those types of things as far as physical protection, you just have to see that as it comes, as it comes. You know, it's not really mm -hmm. something you think about. You know, you prepare to defend yourself if need be. But um, I don't think nobody's really worried about that. I think the main thing on people's minds is it, 
is the virus because we do know that they don't care about us, you know, and they're telling us different things all the time, you know, and even though they're giving us these masks, we know the only way we can get the virus is if a CO or medical staff or the mental health professionals, any of them was to come in with it. It can't just be, it won't just float around just because we're here confined, you know, so that's what's on people's minds. But, um, do you feel like you're getting accurate information about about the, the staff, whether they have it or not, or whether they're being tested? Are they are they uh, really adhering to wearing masks and gloves when they're interacting with y'all? Uh, we hope that they're giving us accurate information, but as far as do we actually know if it's accurate? No, no, we don't. You know, okay. and we don't really put nothing past them because we can hope that if they have any symptoms or anything that. They're sending them home, just like they've been saying they do, and we we hope that they are being tested. Uh, we do hear that there is testing sites in these local areas around here where people can go get a test. So we're hopeful, you know, we are hopeful that they're being truthful with us, you know, and, and that's all we can be at this stage, you know, it is hopeful and uh, have an understanding that, you know, it, it, it is in God's hands what happens to us or, or our loved ones, and some of us do we have faith in God and we pray in our own way? Some, you know, um, some don't. Some believe in, you know, materialistic things or whatever. But for the most part, I don't see nobody panicking. I just hear the conversation up in the air and everybody's discussing what they hear. So it, it feels like it's still it's still okay. Okay. And do you feel like these uh, transfers are? Maybe uh, are they timely, untimely? Is it something that you expected? Is it something that you were anticipating? This call and your telephone number will be monitored and recorded. Well, we feel that they're unexpected. They're not. They weren't expected to happen this soon, mm-hmm. especially because of this virus. So the only thing we were we were expecting is that what's going on now? Them them changing the yard over there and moving people that was here that were level two to empty buildings on the old shoe yard and then bringing level fours to this yard. That's all we was expecting because we knew that that was in the making for a while. And by them doing that, there's no, no cause of worry because nobody at Corkin has been tested positive for the virus. So we were expecting that, but for them to start transferring people to these other prisons this soon, no, we, none of us were expecting that, you know? Um, so that, that I think that's the part that's got people a little unnerved. All right. I think it's got them too panicky. But it just got them unnerved because of the virus going on. And like I said, not knowing, the fear of not knowing where you're going and what to expect when you get there. That's what's on people's minds because we, we don't have a, um, no way of knowing if, if, if CCR is being accurate in what they're saying about what prisons have the virus. You know, we, we, we only can say what, we, what we've heard. So, and we're getting transferred from what they're saying to Every prison, or all kind of different prisons, not just, it might not even be the ones that some people are endorsed to go to, because it's usually wherever they have a bed space, you know, so. Right, you know, so their, um, their, your protection and safety has never been a, a major concern of theirs, or a concern at all, whether it be um, in this way or other uh, medical issues, or uh, like you said, physical safety or psychological safety, any of those things, um, they have a history of of being neglectful and outright abusive um, in terms of that. So seeing this and also on top of it, 
again, it's going to put you in, um, uh, all of you in a couple of weeks of no, of isolation. You're not going to have, um, right. you're, you're not going to be able to have that connection, not only with your, your families and loved ones and people that are supporting you, um, but you're not going to have, um, everything is disrupted. And I know that you know how to, to deal with that, but that's a stress. And for people that don't have that and don't know how to navigate that, that's an extra stress on top of the fact that, yeah, you you know that you're in the hands of people that don't care about your safety um, and uh, don't care about your well-being in terms of COVID-19 for sure. So that's a, we're concerned as well. Is there anything that we can do to help out here besides getting your voice out and being able to say what's happening? I mean, I just, I'm really concerned about the people that don't have someone to call. Well, yeah, my voice, I'm speaking for the people, so that that hopefully is a good thing. And hopefully, um, like I said, us who do have people, we just we just try to encourage people the best way we can and here provide for them the basic necessities when we have extra or share what we already have to lessen that stress and lessen that worry. And for the most part, that's that's being effective because you, you got to remember our principles is socialism, scientific, and it works. You know, it does work, and it makes people feel a lot better. Um, as far as anything you all can do out there, pray. That's, I mean, that's about all you can do at this time because, like I said, we really don't actually know um, what, what's going on moving forward. You know, we're just playing it day by day. You have 60 seconds remaining. And uh, hopefully every day that we wake up is a good day. And if not, we have to make it a good day because... Like you already know, we're dealing with people who don't care about us, you know, and, and don't have our best interests at heart. So we have to do what we can for each other and uh, secure each other's safety. So, and what we're doing, I think we're doing a good job. So, but I will keep you posted. I will keep you noticed. And if I, if you, like I said, if you don't hear from me for about a week or so, you know, I'm in limbo of transfer and I'll let you know where I'm at and how things are going when I get there. But I will tap in periodically just to let you know how things are going. Okay, fantastic. Please do. Yes, stay as safe as possible, and we will. Um, I should, we will hear this. We will pray and and see what else we can come up with as as well to shine light and make sure that you all know that you are supported out here, and we love you. Thank you. We appreciate it. We love you all too. Take care of yourself. Stay healthy. That's okay.
beautiful people. Welcome back. Boy, that really could be the theme song of the times that we are in. I am going to now read a piece from my loved one inside who will be returning to us in a few months here. This is a piece by Keith Malik Washington of the Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee Um, a few other organizations inside as well. The name of the piece is We Are Human Beings. Here we go. Revolutionary greetings, fellow workers and comrades all over the world. Quote, nothing lasts, relationships end, friends die, even capitalism will be history someday. It's what we do to reawaken each other that matters breathing life into self-organization, the working actuality of freedom. That's the victory, the revolution, the truth of power, 
that we know how to create lives worth living, knowing that such moments too won't last. Unquote. That's from Cindy Milstein, an excerpt from CODA, Waking to Revolution. More and more people are becoming aware and supporting our solidarity actions, which seek to support the prisoner human rights struggle. The momentum is building, and what happened on May 7th is only a preview for things to come. May 7th was the first action that will usher in our 2020 prisoner human rights movement and actions. Black August is approaching fast. Amani Sawari of Jailhouse Lawyers Speak is our sister in struggle. Brianna Perel of IWOC, they, she is our sister in struggle. Nikki and Moana, the queens of unheard voices of the concrete jungle, are our sisters in struggle. Tia Hamilton of State versus Us magazine is most definitely our sister in struggle. And last, but not certainly least, my soulmate Nube Brown and her comrade Kim Pollock of California Prison Focus are our sisters in struggle. In regard to our prison abolition movement, we will only get what we put into it. Many people scream for the creation of a new utopian and egalitarian society, but very few want to embrace the sacrifices needed in order to bring this type of society about. People are starving in America, and farmers are throwing away food and milk that could nourish bodies. Meat processing plant workers are being threatened and coerced to return to a work environment that is totally unsafe. The facilities have become hotbeds for coronavirus. We must support the workers and protect them from the capitalists. Mom and pop businesses are losing every, everything while the fat cats of Wall Street laugh at their demise. Prisoners like me cry out to federal judges for relief from the cruel and unusual conditions created by this pandemic. Our pleas for help and intervention by the federal courts fall upon deaf ears. Over 1 million infected and over 75,000 dead, yet the U.S. government says they are doing a spectacular job? Ahmad Arbery shot dead in cold blood in Brunswick, Georgia. They keep killing us. Sisters and brothers, the revolution won't be televised. The mainstream media will continue to ignore us or paint us as the villains. They are not with us. Eventually, we must become our own liberators. Solidarity forever, Comrade Malik. All right, beautiful people, if you are just tuning in, this is Prison Focus Radio on KPOO, San Francisco 89.5. I wanted to jump in here because I realized I had forgotten to give a couple of updates. Um, the ACLU is uh, suing the U.S. government over the conditions that allowed COVID-19 to spread in the federal prisons of Terminal Island and Lompoc. There are, close, there are over 700 people that have tested positive at Terminal Island, and over 900 people in Long Puck. Eight people have died so far. That's today. This was um, information that came out yesterday. So things are spreading fast. And of course, the thing is here at Prison Focus Radio, we are um, putting forth the voices of those that are unheard because uh, the people inside, our friends, our loved ones, our what I consider to be our caged community members, um, have been telling us, well, for years and decades, the um, inhumane conditions under which they are uh, being held um, that uh, compromise their, their physical health, 
their spiritual health, and um, and their mental health. So it is no surprise, unfortunately, to the people inside and their loved ones that this is happening. Uh, we need to start listening to these uh, to the people that are experiencing this. Again, this is an opportunity for us to look towards each other and start trusting the people that are experiencing um, this inhumane treatment. Um, this is a travesty that is happening within our, our prisons. And if you just look at what's happening out here, um, the way that this government is lacking, uh, just acting with complete disregard for human life when it comes to this pandemic and all of the conditions before. So I did want to put that out there um, that there is a crisis happening in two of our federal prisons right now, and um, we are paying attention to it. I also want to say, uh, please go to Aslan Press Facebook page because they are going to be doing an action uh, directly related to this um, this Sunday coming up. Uh, Sunday, I believe, is the 24th. So again, go to Otslan Press Facebook page and you can get all of the details there. Okay, let's take another musical break. Thank you. 
folks, as you know, Prison Focus Radio is a platform to hear from the people behind our community members, behind the walls and their family members. So I want to give a shout out of big gratitude for KPOO for providing this space for Prison Focus Radio. It's vitally important that we have a place for the people that are experiencing the inhumanity of the prison industrial complex are heard from, and we need to hear directly from them. Um, This is a way to shift the narrative on who is actually behind the walls uh, and, uh, yeah, shift the narrative away from what California Department of Corrections, small r, rehabilitation, are trying to say who's there. Um, We do put a focus on those uh, people that have been subjected to the torture of solitary confinement, as well as indeterminate sentencing, um, but everyone that's behind the walls um, in California's state's prisons. So, um, yes, there is going to be, sorry, through Liberate the Caged Voices, which is a program of California Prison Focus, that is going to be our focus, and I do want to invite you to our roundtable dialogues, which will be happening uh, every third Saturday of the month, the first one starting this Saturday, May 23rd at 11 a.m. Please go to www.prisons.org and check out our calendar to get more details on that. Um, But we are now going to hear from one of those folks that, um, again, this platform is for. This is a person that has been subjected to decades of of the torture of solitary confinement, indefinite sentencing, multiple parole denials. So these are um, uh, violations of constitutional rights, Eighth Amendment in particular. So um, again, we are hearing from them and their voices on telling us who they are not who CDC small r wants to tell us who they are. This is about listening to them, opening our our hearts. That's that revolutionary love um, that we've been uh, expressing here throughout this hour on Prison Focus Radio. And so now, and just being able to hear from them the amazing work that they are doing on themselves work that we actually need to be doing or thinking about doing, this self-reflective, personal, um, internal work, spiritual work on ourselves so that we can be at our best to support the prisoner human rights movement, uplift our humanity together, and start envisioning and really building a world without prisons. Okay, now we are going to hear a piece written by one of those men that was labeled the worst of the worst and hear how he really is the best of the best. This is an article that you will find in the SF Bayview written in October of 2012, the Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And the name of this article is Be Man Enough to Say I'm Sorry, read by one of our community members here on the outside. Written by James Brady Williamson. As a child, I would find myself standing outside the locked bedroom door hearing my mother, Queen Betty Jean, crying and screaming as her insecure, possessive, male brute boyfriend was beating her repeatedly. 
I don't know if hearing my low, bald fists beating upon the door as I hollered at the top of my lungs for him to stop helped to get him to the, open the door and exit while knocking me aside, but I hated him, and I carried those horrific childhood memories with their bloody images inside me while I would run to the bathroom to get a wet towel and go to try to help her wash the blood from her face. To this day, I find it amazing how she would be more worried about me than her own painful injuries. As we hugged and comforted each other, she would somehow make sure her youngest baby boy knew that the brute had not broken free her free spirit inside. Unfortunately, we get separated when I was 12 years old and sent to Kansas, never to see, hug, and kiss my queen mother again. She passed on recently, in October 2010, which are two reasons why this Domestic Violence Awareness Month is very personal and important to my heart and soul. So with that shared, there are some things I would like to say. First and foremost, I send a heartfelt embrace of care, respect, appreciation, and honor to all the mothers, grandmothers, aunts, daughters, sisters, nieces, wives, and women, queens, princesses of the world. You, each and all, deserve to be treated fairly, equally, and with utmost dignity and respect, no matter what. Secondly, raising awareness about domestic violence must be a continuing effort all year long, because it's the only way to break this, that's the cycle that has become a part of this society's collective psyche over the centuries. It's passed on generation to generation, from grandfather to father, to son, brother, uncle, cousin, nephew, friends, neighbors, and through television to viewers. Third, understanding is the key for each male to grow mature and develop as real men by recognizing, caring, respecting, and appreciating women and the value that daughters, mothers, sisters, nieces, aunts, wives, friends, etc. has and continue to bless upon our world since the beginning of human civilization. Remember, understanding is the key to real change. It took me years up into adulthood to grasp genuine understanding for some of the many reasons why women are so important to us in our world. For all the above reasons and more, I apologize to my first mother, Betty Jean, Carr Stanford, my sisters, my grandmother, and all the women whose lives crossed or connected with my presence years ago in my immature and irresponsible past, when I was that frustrated, confused, lost, and out-of-control male who did not know how to do my best by you. It took me over 25 years, but I have grown up inside and I am man enough to say I'm sorry in front of the entire world. Today, I promise that I will continue to be my best toward all mothers, grandmothers, daughters, sisters, aunts, nieces, wives women whom I come into contact with and as I have been doing for years now. I hope to lead by example for others to emulate. Transitions. Transitions of a man's mission to turn the moment into something he owns. Not just for him, but for them to understand this is peace of a man woman beside providing balance so that we can do our best with God's talents yeah 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 we live today live today we live today I'm going, new ways. 
going, new ways I'm flowing. A form unknown from the corner is one stone. Coloring life with more than one tone. Nation embracing life placements, spaces and places we in. The direction is taking us in like the wind from a city that's discovered by DuSabo. Chicago taught me how to lead and to follow my heart, even when it's hollow. I plant a seed for today that believes in tomorrow. The sun telling me never feed in the sorrow. Pay attention, cause these times are borrowed. Days, it's a maze, it's a lesson, it's a maze, it's a lesson, it's a blessing we live today. Okay, now you're going to hear from Minister King, co-director of California Prison Focus and of Cage Universal, which you can find him on his YouTube page, Cage Universal YouTube page, and um, an excerpt from a conversation that was being had with some of the guys on the inside and the work and wisdom, the work that they're doing and the wisdom that they're showing. So this this is what we do at Liberate to Carry's Voices in California prison focus to liberate the uh, voices. Well, um, this is Minister King X. Uh, you got various programs right now. And uh, a lot of the brothers inside, what we're doing is we have a peace program called the Agreement to End Hostilities. So it allow us to assemble in particular groups and through this time, we come up with ideas and we start networking with ourselves, among ourselves, and our communities, and our families. 
with Forrest Cage Universal in 2011, uh, we, we did we participated in the uh, mass hunger strike. So through a united front working peacefully across all racial mm. lines and people throughout the state of California and beyond participated in the mass California prisoners hunger strike again in 2011-2013, protesting mm-hmm. inhumane and mistreatment of thousands of people in Pelican Bay and other uh, prisons like Cork and whatnot. And basically, mm-hmm. King's Court Against Genocidal Environments was an activity, leisure activity group. And a lot of the principal thinkers that uh, participated in the hunger strike participated in the activity group in the uh, peace program basically started in the Pelican Bay and it resonated to other prisons. So now you have a brother mm-hmm. like doing this spoke. He has his own business and it's all links. So I want you to tell her about K, uh, Cage Kingdom and what you're doing to give her more about your mission statement. Thank you. And Cage Kingdom is, it was developed to give inmates a voice, um, mm-hmm. a platform that's because we often go unheard behind these walls. And through us, we receive about at least a dozen letters every day from inmates asking for assistance with all different types of things, with getting out, going through convictions, um, articles mm-hmm. that they write, and they want to be heard. So that's what we're doing. We're getting them out there. Yeah, well, yeah. K's Kingdom and K's Universal, they're two separate bodies. Right. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, they were both developed on uh, two two separate grounds, you know, um, mm. without coordination with each other. And we just linked, linked up later on because Marcelli oh. is involved with K's Universal. As a delegate. Marcelli, however, has his own uh, branch of Cage Kingdom that it just happened to uh, fall like that, that when we end up linking up and, and the names are quite uh, familiar and we have some of the same pushes. So it was just like, mm-hmm. you know, divine music kind of sort of that you know, all of all these pieces just played together and we've been able to uh, basically uh, try to get voices heard from within, uh, within these walls. And we both, you know, mm-hmm had the same sort of mission, but we started off totally separate. Well, the main thing that that I, I see as an issue is uh, some of the laws that are unjust, is, such as the the SB 1437 bill that just got passed, the federal felony murder rule. And um, it got mm-hmm. passed in California, but I get a lot of letters. Case Kingdom gets a lot of letters from inmates with the same situation in other states. And the law mm-hmm. doesn't apply in those states. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they want to get help for that. You know, and there's, there's a, just a, uh, the overcrowding is another big issue. Yeah. Um, lack of medical care. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just to name a few. Um, so me, what I want to touch on is... Uh, the, the conditions right now because they're so they're so endangering because of uh, the, uh, 
the ongoing uh, epidemic that's throughout this whole world right now. And the conditions yeah. that they have us finding right now are, are, are men, horrible. So they're, what, what they're doing right now is they're, they're self-feeding us, but the, uh, the staff that are passing out these, these foods are, are the same ones that bring, bringing this disease in here that's uh, infecting inmates also. And they're not wearing masks and it's, it's, it's quite unsanitary, right? And through this pop- uh, through the population like this, it's, it's bound to spread very fast. It's already been, um, I think, a total of 10 cases already uh, within this one institution in itself. And you got to understand that all these all this, uh, these uh, these infections are coming from the from the outside, from the free staff and the police. Mm-hmm. And you know the fact that they're not wanting to wear these these, these masks as they as, as they should be to um, basically protect us. So basically, um, you want to get that get out get that out there so you can a public understanding of what's going on within here because this crisis is not just a, a crisis that just happened happening on the outside. This is happening here and mm-hmm. and the. Uh, the environment is worse in here because of because of the conditions that we're confined in. Even the the social distancing, um, it's not even being able to be implemented. They're placing us in when we go into medical. They're placing us in little uh, little tanks with you know ten to fifteen people, and the the, the the furthest distance that you can get is about two feet. Yeah. So there yeah. is no six feet of social distancing, and like man, these conditions are just it's just horrible and. I don't think the uh, I think this is something that the public needs to know because we need to be included in whatever actions and measures that that that's uh, taking place because we count too. A lot of them, uh, none of them here are, are uh, have been uh, condemned to a to a to a death sentence. And um, the way that this mm-hmm. this virus is spread, like this, it's like we're being convicted uh, um, convicted to sentenced to a death sentence because this is a deadly virus. This is a this is a deadly pandemic mm-hmm. going on across the globe. Yeah. All right, beautiful people. That is our show for the week. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to speak with Ken Oliver about the um, the digital quest for democracy event that happened uh, just this past Monday. It was fantastic. I believe that. if you didn't get a chance to tune into that, you can find it on the All of Us or None Facebook page, I believe. Look for it there. If not, go to the Legal Services for Prisoners with Children website, and it may be there. I'm sorry, I have not checked that, um, but we will definitely get some commentary from them soon. Um, Please visit the California Prison Focus website at www.prisons.org. Again, check out our calendar, our action page, the Liberate the Cage Voices blog page. Make comments there. Um, I'd love to hear from you. You can always reach me at nube at prisons.org. I would love to hear from you. We are going to be continuing with the Um, California Prison Focus Facebook Live series every Friday at 10 a.m. And I'll be giving you updates about what Liberate the Caged Voices is doing and um, other tidbits from California Prison Focus as well. We Liberate the Caged Voices um, is going to be starting the roundtable dialogues that will happen starting this Saturday 
May 23rd at 11 a.m. We'll go for about an hour, hour and a half. It's going to be fantastic. Again, go to the the calendar page at www.prisons.org to get more details about that. But essentially, it is us being in dialogue with... um, our friends behind the walls, their family members, and of course, our returning community members as well. With us out here, we are going to be building, um, uh, we are going to be educating one another, we are going to be empowering one another, we are going to be in, in dialogue and to create action items for us so that we can um, have a better uh just a human understanding of where we're at in terms of the prison industrial complex and the prisoner human rights movement and what we can do about it and about getting out our elders that have been uh, caged for decades on end. We are going to be moving from the dialoguing from a platform of indeterminate sentencing and the torture of solitary confinement these two major issues are keeping our loved ones um, inside indefinitely um, and compromising their whole mind, body, spirit selves. All right, again, so join us this Saturday, um, May 23rd at 11 a.m. There will be a Zoom uh, link that you will be able to get on our calendar. All right. Thank you again for joining us. And what else do I need to tell you? Just Ubuntu. This is about our humanity, people, about what's happening. Let's stay together. Let's trust one another. Let's look to each other to care about each other and make these changes uh, that are so necessary. It is about building the people power for humanity. All right. Get ready for Work Week with Steve Seltzer. Look at how far we've come Look at how many didn't last this long Baby, we're so strong And all the lies that they told about us Still can't stop us Cause we're stronger than ever When we stand together Never lose faith in each other We're unbreakable Unshakable, impenetrable, faithful. I sing this for my people. When the war drums sound and the barricades come breaking down, I'm gonna stand by you, side by side. Together we gon' fight the good fight. This is our
Can't kill this joy It comes from a bountiful place 